PBO listeners. This is your favorite podcast host, Mr. Profites Be Light, Mr. PBO. And on this week's episode, we have a devastating diva of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated who created her own app called Milk the Moment. Her name is Courtney Coco Easton. Hi, how you doing, Coco? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Cool. So, Coco, um, so um, I, I got your resume in front of me, my, your imaginary resume, <laughs> and um, I see you are a member of Delta Sigma Theta. I am. I see that you are an entrepreneur. Yes. You are an app developer, mm-hmm. which I mentioned Milk the Moment, and you also are a rapper. So we are going to cover all of these <laughs> things um, in the next couple minutes here. So why Delta Sigma Theta? And, you know, can you go into what school you cross, um, your major, yeah. all that jazz? Okay. Yeah. So a long time ago, I went to Middle Tennessee State University. It's right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And I majored in uh, recording industry with a concentration in uh, music business. And then I minored in music with a concentration in percussion. So I actually went to MTSU with a small uh, drum scholarship. Um, And when I got there, now years before I got to school, I already knew I wanted to be a Delta. There was um, a young lady by the name of Kira Seals, um, who was the tail dog of her line. She was extremely tall. I think Kira has to be at least 6'3", 6'4". And she was introduced to me through my mother. She was an intern for my mother at International Paper in Memphis, Tennessee. And um, my mom just wanted her to kind of take me up under her wing and just kind of be my mentor. And the first time that I kicked it with Kira, uh, she took me to some type of Delta cookout and I was in awe. I was like, what is this? Just seeing the sisterhood. I think there was a talent show going on and I saw them step and I saw how they um, collaborated on their initiatives, how they were working hard. They were all working. They were also sisterly. And I just needed to know what is this? I was very young. I was probably nine or 10 when this happened. So I didn't know what a sorority was, but I was introduced to it very early on. So of course, being that young, I was just in awe of just seeing black women who looked like me um, kind of being in the sisterhood. And that's all I knew at that point. But as I got older and did my research, I started to see um, some of the similarities between um, Deltas, the founders, and myself. Uh, DST has a lot of sororers who are in the arts, uh, which that's my whole background is music and entertainment. And um, not only that, they have a huge focus on education, like, like I always have. Education has been so big to me. Um, and then just the persona that uh, describes Delta, just being strong, just being intelligent, independent, hard workers. Um, I was an entrepreneur when I was a little girl. I was selling my own popsicles outside in my neighborhood. So there was just so many things that I saw in Delta women that I saw in myself at, as a young girl. And then, um, you know, I continued to do my research and uh, I went to University of Tennessee, Knoxville, my freshman year. And then I transferred to Middle Tennessee State. Uh, so, of course, as soon as I got there, I had to know where are the Deltas. So I made sure I got on their, hmm. on their radar and uh, made sure I attended everything and made sure I knew about uh, that interest tea as soon as they put up 
the information and uh, the rest is history. Once I got online, uh, you know, they noticed that I had a musical background. And so I was kind of always the one that was known to uh, be singing and be rapping and kind of making up our chants and our steps. And um, I've been kind of just known as like the creative Delta um, of Iota Ta at MTSU and uh, IT. And it has carried on all the way to this day, years and years later, I'm still doing that type of stuff, still putting out chant videos every time we have a uh, Founders Day. Um, you know, oh, yeah, I see them all. <laughs> I'm out there still representing. So it has been an amazing journey with Delta Sigma Theta. Hey, you got to rep your set. You already know it. So you do a good job at repping your set whenever Founders Day come around and also 365 days. Appreciate that. The year, so. Thank you. Thank um, you. I know you said you uh, crossed a long time ago. Let the listeners know when you crossed. Spring 2003. So a lot of times when people see my videos, they think that I just probably crossed not too long ago. You know, that's the that's the melanin. That's the chocolate that keeps me looking young. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, no. Let them know about how that melanin works. Right, right. But we're talking <laughs> almost 16 years ago. Um, the funny thing is, is right around kind of maybe a year or two after I cross was when uh, Nuck If You Buck came into play. So sometimes that's when I'm about right. huh, I say yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, it's around then. So when I when I when I meet younger sorors, um, it's just funny having that talk with them because I guess they think this is some recent stuff that they don't came on. I was like, no, 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 no. We started that a long time ago. Um, but yeah, uh, sixteen years in the game, and uh, just had my Delta anniversary on uh, April twenty seventh. Oh, so it's been thank you thank you so like i said it's been a been a great great journey that's crazy i don't, I don't want to make you like feel old or nothing but uh i graduated uh fifth grade in uh spring of 2003 so. <laughs> <laughs> you just made me feel extra old you know i i really didn't know when you crossed i thought you were like at least like fall 10 or something like that but when you said oh three i was like wait what Did right right something? One of the first, well, I'll say maybe this is the second. One of the first videos I put out, I only put that out on YouTube and and, and uh, Facebook back in the day. But I think the second one that I put out um, last year, uh, I had my jacket on and the sleeve that was showing was saying uh, spring 03. And so that's all I got in my inbox was like, hold up, what? You are from 03? Yeah. Like, so people were, people were pretty shocked. I, I take it as a compliment. Yeah, you got you got to take it, you know. I mean, like I said, that people, you know, you got to once you got that melanated skin, you <laughs> you in there for a good for 50, 60, a good years. minute, good minute. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. So, um before we get into the app, a rapper, huh? Well, I don't know if I call myself just a rapper. I mean, um I I rapped first um, but I also sing and I also do songwriting and producing let me not say also I used to do all this stuff now that I've gotten in the app and been kind of doing some other things I kind of let music go um, just because I saw myself just kind of doing better in another direction but um, yeah I grew up playing piano and I played piano before I could even read literature so I was reading like classical piano music before I could even read literature and then I moved on to the drums and then after I started doing drums, I started making beats. Um, since I played the drums, that was like a, a nice transition. Once I started uh, making beats, I started rapping. And then I would start singing my own hooks. And uh, people were calling me like the next little Missy Elliott. 
because um, they thought I was really about to kind of blow up. But to be honest, I never really um, saw myself as an artist. I always wanted to be behind the scenes. So I didn't do a lot of shows and I didn't put out a lot of albums and stuff like that because um, it was just something that I wanted to do to just exercise my talent. But to mm-hmm. to be honest, I wanted to be behind the scenes. So I wanted to be working for record labels and music mm-hmm. publishing companies and putting on concerts and tours and things of that nature. And I actually ended up doing that. I ended up graduating from MTSU and uh, working in the music industry for 10 years uh, for Sony Music. And uh, on the side of Sony Music, I started doing a lot of concerts um, in the Nashville area or music showcases, things of that nature. And that's when I came up with the idea for milk the moment i think this is a good segue into Mm -hmm. talking about the app so need a flyer made well contact arctic flyers for all your flyer needs that's arctic flyers a-r-c-t-i-c-f-l-y-e-r-s on instagram and tell them that profiles we like sent you I'm what you call the hype girl at a lot of my events. Um, So I'm kind of on stage getting everybody out of their seats. You know, it's me and the DJ. I'm getting everybody with hands in the air, you know. um, Waving like you just don't care. Listen, we're doing it all. I got people (laughs) screaming, dancing, (laughs) laughing, singing. And I just noticed that, you know, year after year, it was like crowd participation was just like coming down. And I thought, you know, maybe I'm losing the juice. Like maybe I I don't have it like I used to have it. But mm-hmm. I started going through my footage, my video footage, and I noticed that everybody was on the dang phone. Like, nobody was paying attention anymore like they used to back in the day. If you think about, mm-hmm. like, a Michael Jackson concert compared to what we do in the audience now, it's like night and day. Um, how those people yeah. were screaming and losing their mind and taking it all in. And we just want to look at a screen for three hours and, you know, let everybody know that we were at a concert. And then when we get home, we most likely delete that video because it's the worst video ever. And we need some more mm-hmm. space in our phone. And it's just like, why did you why did you miss out on being present for that moment just to, uh, you know, just to be on your phone? And so I used to ask people, like, please put your phone away. And even some of the celebrities that would come out to uh, perform, they would say it, too. They're like, could you announce, like, for people to put their phones away? I don't want this recorded or I don't want this, that and the other and I tried everything, but I can never encourage people to live in the moment and put their phone away and just really focus on the reason that they're there and have a good time with their friends because people were just too busy, you know, scrolling, taking selfies or recording. And so um, one day I was just at, at the house. It was right after one of my events. I was so frustrated with the crowd and I ended up saying it out loud. I just said, what if you like incentivize people? to not be on their phones during moments that matter the most. And I remember jumping up off my couch and saying, oh my gosh, I just thought of something genius because I realized this was so much bigger than just concerts. You know, this can be used in movie theaters at specific restaurants um, in conjunction with insurance companies because of texting and driving in schools and workplaces. And I was like, yeah, I got to, I got to get on this. And the next thing you know, I am quitting my job at Sony of 10 years, an industry that I know like the back of my hand to jump into an industry that I have no absolute clue uh, what I'm doing. 
Um, but I just, you know, felt, listen, this is YOLO. I, you only live once. Yeah. I got to go for mm-hmm. it. Um, I know I've been making jokes about me being old. I really, I'm really not. I'm still very young. So I'd rather do this mm-hmm. in my thirties than to, you know, forget about it. And the next thing you know, I'm in my fifties and sixties and wish I would have took that risk. So, um, yeah. I went for it and, and now we're here. So what year did you think of this? What was that moment? Um, when you were on your couch, when you were like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Um, that was a while ago, to be honest. I want to say I thought of it. I thought of the idea in about 2015, 2016. Um, Were you still in Tennessee at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I was in Nashville. And, and you're from Tennessee. I'm right? from Memphis you... and then went to okay. school in, in Nashville. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I thought of the idea in 2015, go- going directly into 2016. But since it was so new, I had to take just a year to find out, you know, how am I supposed to do this? How do you even create an app? Um, How does a tech startup even kind of work? Where do I get the money from? And so I would say 2016 was a year of just kind of learning. And then when 2017 came, I finally started trying to put some things into fruition and actually creating a prototype and um, doing what we call customer discovery, where you go around and interview and survey a lot of people and see is if this is something that they even have a problem with, do they want to fix it? If there was a tool out there that would fix it, would they use it? Would they pay for it? Things of that nature. Um, and finally, once I found that there was, you know, customer discovery and validating that I had a really good concept in 2018, I went for it and actually built my first version of the app. And when, when I released it, I had like maybe close to three or 5,000, somewhere between three to 5,000 downloads instantly and I didn't think that was anything, to be honest. You you know, you hear about Snapchats and Instagrams uh, launching and coming out with millions of users in a day. So I was just like, oh, man, this is a bust. But um, as I told more and more people in the industry how many downloads I got in like the first week, they were blown away. And they're just like, you don't know how many apps out there haven't got 100 people on their app in two to three years. So they're like, what you got is something big if it's growing at that fast of a, pa- uh, a pace. So um, I was like, okay, well, um, maybe I should kind of really, really dig deeper into this. And so um, end up bringing on some developers. I didn't develop the app. I just created it, created the concept, the, the design, and the logic of the app. But I got um, someone to actually build it out for me. Um, so I brought on somebody new to, br- uh, to build me an even... Um, I guess you could say complex version. And once we did that and launched the second version, like I shot up like another five to 6,000 um, users. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm on to something. And it got the attention of um, some people in Birmingham. Birmingham is trying to become um, like the kind of Silicon Valley of the Southeast. Um, they're, really? Yeah, they're, they want to create like a tech ecosystem here and they want to make it very diverse with lots of black and brown people and lots of women as well, um, mm. which you don't see that in a lot of different cities. And so, um, you know, they started kind of looking out into other cities and trying to find some special entrepreneurs that they would love to relocate to Birmingham and help them make this kind of, uh, small Silicon Valley that they're trying to do. And um, I was contacted and came out here for 90 days to kind of see how I like it. And so far I, I really do. I think this is a really good place uh, for my, for my business. 
And so I'm just out here trying to grow it and trying to see kind of what I can make happen. Hopefully also get in touch with some investors who are ready to, to really take this up a notch. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. I know when I found out about the app, I think I saw you post about it. Cause you know, I started following you when you started making those rap videos you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. and I saw this milk the moment. Hmm, let me look at this. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I use it. Like I literally just used it. Uh, actually when I was with my cousin at the movie theater last Tuesday, we, we went to go see, Hey, you Pikachu. I mean, we big, you know, yeah, yeah. Pokemon <laughs> fans, whatever. And I went to the Apple, whatever, you know, I was, uh, the milk, the moment. And, mm-hmm. and my, uh, cousin, he was like, wait, What's that? And I was like, oh, milk the moment. Literally, all I do is press how long I want to milk the moment. Yeah. Um, and Lock your that's phone. how many points I get. Yeah. Actually, do you want to ex- explain how the app goes? You'll probably, you know, explain it better than. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I call it. We call it milk for short. We are the milk app for short. Um, my company name is Milk the Moment. And the app is kind of named Milk the Moment too, but we just call the app Milk for short. And it's an oh okay, I'll start calling it Milk because <laughs> I can say the whole thing. It's all right. Get... It's all right. Let them know. Let the people know. So um, yeah. it's a mobile application that rewards you whenever you refrain from using your phone in places or situations where we all could probably be a little more present, intimate, focused, and safe. So that's anywhere from movie the movie theaters to. Um, let's say dinner tables, um, you know, social settings with your friends and family. It could be in your car, um, when you're in the classroom, when you're at the workplace, just places where we need to kind of disconnect from digital devices every now and then and reconnect with one another. We're not trying to ban people from the phone. We know phones are very important tools and we need to be on these things. But um, I do think there's special times throughout your day Um, or throughout the week or something where you're doing something special or something important where you can put this thing down for an hour or two and get rewarded just for doing so. So how it works is um, you just go into the app, you select a timer um, amount that you want to do. So it could be 15 minutes to 60 minutes, whatever it is that you want to do. And then you lock your phone. And once you lock your phone, the app begins to accrue points every minute that the phone is not in use. And once you have enough points, you can redeem those points for a reward inside the app. Um, Now, rewards can be um, anything from like um, discount codes, like premium discount codes. Um, It can be earbuds, sunglasses. Um, We're kind of trying to partner with a lot of different um, sponsors who will put stuff in the app for us. We got gift cards in there, um, tech gadgets, a lot of different things, watches, stuff like that. Um, and then we're also trying to partner with uh, local restaurants um, and establishments to where if you milk the moment at that restaurant or at that establishment, you can take your points and spend them while you're there. So um, mm. right now we're trying to partner with a lot of movie theaters to where you could have gotten done milking the moment and would have uh, won maybe a free popcorn on your next visit or half off on your next movie ticket. And that comes directly from um, AMC or uh, Regal or wherever it is that you're you're watching the movie. And the same thing, like at a restaurant, you could milk the moment there and you may get half off um, an appetizer or three dollars off of your bill right then and there. So uh, right now we're trying to do that. And that's that's something that is really difficult to do, because what ends up happening is they call it the chicken or egg situation is where um and all and a lot of platform-based tech companies go through this. Um, Uber, 
um, DoorDash and stuff like that. It's where um, a lot of the merchants, a lot of the establishments don't really want to get involved until they see you have like 50 million users because that's what kind of mm-hmm. gets them interested. And they don't realize that 50 million users aren't going to get involved until they see that there's all these rewards that they can win. So it's like, yeah. who's going to move first? And um, it's really hard to kind of get out of that chicken or egg phase. So what we've just decided to do is just kind of sponsor rewards ourselves or find uh, sponsors who just don't mind throwing something in there right now just to entice people to start coming to the app. Um, therefore, once we get our numbers up, we can go back to these establishments and say, okay, we now got, you know, 20,000 people using it in, in Nashville or 40,000 people using it in Birmingham. Will you hop on now? And they'll most definitely hop on um, at that point because um, for the businesses, for the user, it's a fun habit breaking app. But for the businesses, um, this is an app that brings a lot of traffic their way because people are going to want to see where can I go to use this and get rewarded. So it's almost like a marketing tool for um, the businesses and they just don't see a lot of value in it until they know that, you know, millions of people in the area are looking at it. So I would say that's kind of like my biggest struggle that I'm kind of trying to work through and we're, we're slowly working through it. We just landed a really big partnership with Chick-fil-A here in Birmingham. So, yeah. And I think I saw that on your, uh, on your Instagram where I guess uh, it had like a little Chick-fil-A pamphlet or whatever on mm-hmm. the tables and, and it said, it had the milk off on it. I was like, oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. She out here yeah, man. It, it took, a, took a lot of work to get that, but they see the value in encouraging families who come in and dine with them to stay off the phone. They say they see it too much where parents are just letting their kids run wild in the restaurant. Um, the whole family is not even talking to each other. The teenagers are just scrolling and they said they just hate seeing it and that they would love to encourage a more family-oriented atmosphere and then love the marketing behind the app as well so they signed on and the great thing is is when you when you have a big entity like that like chick-fil-a that signs on it's easier for you to go to all these restaurants that were trying to ignore you just the other day and say we got chick-fil-a on so do y'all want to make a move or not and so i'm kind of leveraging uh that power that i have now that i got chick-fil-a on and we've um gotten seven other restaurants on board since then so at the end of the day, God makes a way. You just got to be able to press through the adversity and the and the no's that you're going to receive. A lot of people hear those no's and get down and get rejected um, and feel rejected. But you got to be able to get creative. Um, you got to be able to pivot and think of new ways to kind of attack the market. And, and that's what we're doing right now. That's good. So how did you... How did you how did you find fund funding exactly? So um, when back in 2017, when I was really just kind of sketching out um, the idea, thinking of it's called an MVP, a minimum viable product. So it's when you just create a rinky dink version of whatever you're thinking, something that doesn't have hardly any bells and whistles. It's not graphically beautiful or anything at all. It's just a basic version of your product. Um, I did my MVP in 2017 where I spent a few thousand just getting kind of like a prototype up and that was my own money. Um, and then by the grace of God, after that, um, I got accepted into this Google for entrepreneurs, um, program where Google was going around looking for like the top eight minority, um, tech ideas and concepts. And they were going to give these top eight people, $40,000 each. And I won that um, out of Nashville. And so I was able to take that money and build my 
my initial first version, the one that got around three to 5,000 um, downloads in that quick amount. And then... Um, How much did they give you? 40000 A $40,000 stipend. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then... Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah. And so... Um, I was able to take that, build uh, the app. And the great thing about that was that was when I was quitting my job. So I was able to also take just a tiny bit of that and try to live off of it um, as, as mm-hmm. well. And then um, I won't even lie, like I, that money ran out extra quick. You think 40000 is a nice grip until somebody sends you an invoice for 27000 and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot. So, um you know, I had to get creative and have to, I had to start getting back into music, uh, getting back into the studio. I hadn't done this stuff in a while, but I had to start making beats again, singing on people's hooks and uh, recording, doing background vocals and all this stuff kind of just to, just to eat, you know? And then Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's when I heard from Birmingham and that was just a clutch time uh, when they were just like, Hey, we're willing to bring you out for uh, 90 days and uh, you know they pay me to come out here and to explore their city and it came in right on time um, and so I've been able to kind of thrive thrive since then and uh, now I'm ready to take the app to a whole new level so I'm uh, hopefully going to go into a fundraising um, uh, kind of they call it the seed phase is when you're trying to get somebody to invest in you when you've just figured out that you've gotten a really good idea and there's people willing to jump on board. Once you figure that out, yeah. you go into your seed round um, to get somebody to invest whatever amount that you think it takes to start blowing up real soon. So that's when, you know, if one day you see me on the news and I'm telling you I got a million, um, you know, users that are using the app, that's probably because I finally got some funding that went into marketing and putting the app mm-hmm. everywhere. So every time you scroll on Facebook or or Instagram or something like that, and you're seeing Milk the Moment everywhere. That's that's most likely because I, you know, was able to get investors um, on board, and that's what I'm kind of preparing for now. That is what's up. Thank I, and I'm gonna go on record to say this: since since the iPhone was released, mm-hmm. this has to be one of the most innovative apps out there. Thank you. Because just think of how social media and our technology has evolved since then. Mm-hmm. We have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, all these distractions to keep us away from quality time, mm-hmm. with family, friends, vacations. Because like you said earlier, at the concert, we're all on our phone. Yep. Um, and I can definitely see investors jumping on this like like that. You know, like if you take this to Shark Tank, I I, I feel like you, all you got to do, do is say like 10 words and everybody be like, all right, I'm in. They, they are going to be ready to, uh, to give money to you. Now you got to choose wisely <laughs> the sharks because, you know, you let me stop. I ain't going to talk about the sharks. <laughs> but but no, like seriously, I, 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 I say that with uh, as genuine as I can. Like um, since, you know, this has to be the most innovative app since iPhone was released. Oh, wow. Um, that's that's an yeah, honor um, to hear. Um, thank you for that. Yeah, the, the cool thing is, is that Apple, Google, Facebook, Instagram, they're all starting to realize that they're messed up with some of this stuff. Like, people are not only getting addicted to it, but it's, like, affecting a lot of people's mental health, their self-esteem. Yes. Uh, if you've noticed, um, Apple put on uh, an app that's already in the phone called Screen Time, where they're trying to let you know uh-huh. that you've been on your phone too much. So they they know they've made some addictive devices as well, and they're trying yeah. to see what they can do to help out 
Um, mm -hmm. I think Facebook is trying to do some things as well um, to, to make people less uh, addicted to, to Facebook. And then I think Instagram just announced something about hiding your likes or uh, yep, something. And that. that's all because of yep. self-esteem. They know that it's affecting yep. um, people's thoughts about themselves because they want to keep up with the Joneses. And uh, yep. so it's a, it's a really prime hot time for my app to be out there and, and, and getting the attention that it's getting because uh, we need help. It, you know, I'm, I'm thankful yeah. for technology and I'm thankful for smartphones because me being a businesswoman, I need my phone. But at the same time, mm -hmm. this thing brings a lot of negative impact into your into your lives, into your health, into your wellness um, in your relationships. We can go on and on about, you know, yeah. what's being posted online and, you know, partners kind of fighting mm -hmm. over things. It's not just the phone. It's what we're looking at through the phone as as well is where the problem lies. So. I feel like I'm, I am um, I'm hopefully solving a very big issue um, and I'm hopefully doing it at a time where um, it stops it from getting totally out of control. Um, I know a lot of the schools have reached out to me, not only because, you know, a lot of their students are always scrolling on their phone through through class and not learning and not being productive, but they're seeing a lot of them are just affected by bullying through the phone. Mm -hmm. um, there's people sending yep. text messages about other people in the classroom to each other. They're all laughing. Somebody's found an inappropriate picture and then has embarrassed a young girl or, um, yep. you know, they're going on to um, some of these social media platforms and talking about each other and, these kids are committing suicide over this stuff. Yes. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard last week's episode and I just thought about this idea as well, but on last week's episode, uh, there's a Delta in Atlanta who has her own uh, mental health clinic. Mm. And uh, she went, uh, she went on uh, mentioning that, um, I, which I didn't even know some, I guess a 14 year old girl ended up killing herself because she posted on her Insta story asking a question to her followers. Should I kill myself? Yes or no. And I believe like 63% of the people say yes. And they, and you know, they, they, she killed herself. What? So I, I know. Right. So I think also, um, suggestion, you don't have to listen to it, but I think you should also reach out to mental health clinics mm -hmm. for, uh, individuals who are diagnosed with, you know, um, going through social media bully, bullying or any type of uh, action to whereas um, they've experienced whatever the diagnosis is related to social media. Mm -hmm. And that way the the milk out can be, you know, a way to, you know, guide them away from, you know, the social media sites where they're being bullied or yeah. being influenced to do this and things of that nature. So um, that's just my two cents. No, that's, that's good. That's good. I mean, um, we, we've got to start putting discipline into these, these young kids to know that, you know, everything doesn't revolve around the cell phone and other people's opinions. And if they can build the discipline to put this thing away every now and then, I think we're going to see better engagement from kids. Kids are awkward these days. I mean, I don't mean to laugh at that, but I feel like I mean, you, they don't you, hold you're good communication. The they can't communicate anymore. I get an email from a kid who wants to meet me and they're using you are for your in the email. And I'm just like, Lord, what has happened? This is an email, not a text message, but it's because they can't let these devices out of their hands that they kind of start taking that behavior into the professional world and into talking with adults and other things. It's affecting mm -hmm. us more than people realize and more than people think. It's the number one reason for car wrecks these days. Um, it's the number one reason for low productivity in the workplace because everybody's just on Facebook while they're working and on Instagram while they're working. 
um, mm-hmm. it, it's affecting us uh, tremendously. And uh, I don't want to go to another restaurant and look at a table of five and none of them are talking to each other because they're all on their phones. Um, you know, I really hope that uh, Milk the Moment can make a positive impact on the world. There's, um, there's an article out about um, China being like one of the, the places that has um, the worst cell phone addiction that they put their kids in these kind of boot camps where they almost basically wow. abuse them, beat it out of them, the addiction. Mm. Um, and then there's also uh, an area in their downtown um, area where they have placed a, um, a, a sidewalk specifically for people who text and never look up because they were having so many people get hit. Uh, mm-hmm. walking around in their downtown area and texting and not looking up that they ended up making a sidewalk just for people who walk and don't look up from their phones. I mean, this is, this is just starting wow. to become ridiculous. I will see. Yeah. It's out of control. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really, really hoping that the milk out can make a positive impact on the world. Definitely. Wow. This is amazing. Thank you. Um, any, any other news, big news, anything else coming up next that you want to, uh, let the listeners know. Uh, do I have any other big news? Let me see. Oh, I'm thinking about p- making the, the app more gamified. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, doing something to where you can challenge friends and uh, there may be a oh, leaderboard okay. built in to where you're kind of going against everybody else in your city or in your household mm-hmm. or in the, in the world possibly. So um, doing things where you can get so many points and get, you know, get to a next tier or a next level stuff like that. So I am working um, on hopefully making the app a little more gamified and then possibly even, and this is my first time telling anybody this, so this is exclusive. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. For the third week in a row, y'all heard it here first. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm thinking about making it to where you can turn your points into cryptocurrency. Um, Wow. Yeah, and start making tons of money and let it expand and be you know, it may be worth a dollar, but, you know, a year from then it could be worth uh, whatever, it, thousands of dollars. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about going into blockchain and cryptocurrency, too, to where people can start paying their bills just from using the Milk app and um, transferring their points over into cryptocurrency and then cashing out from cryptocurrency into U.S. dollars and using it how you please. So um, we're looking into that as well. So I got some big things on the way. Wow. Um, and I can't, I can't wait to show the world what I got. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm watching, you know, cause I got the app whenever I go past something, they'd be like, Hey, you're passing bread. Code. <laughs> uh, would you like to use the milk? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would if I was in there, but you know, it's good to know I'm in the area because like you mentioned earlier, earlier, these businesses are missing out. Yep. They don't know that, is sending notifications to people that say, "Hey, come into our shop uh, to milk the moment." Exactly. Like, and and I've done that before. Where I was like, "Oh, I didn't know it was a, a pasta house around here. Let me, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna have to go down there later. You know, later this week or something. Exactly. Because I haven't had pasta house and I don't know how long. Exactly. You know, so um, it's definitely a benefit. Uh, you want to share how I guess people could, uh, I guess, download your app. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. On social. media and things of that nature. Okay, yeah. Uh, so you can go to, um, you know, the Google Play Store or the App Store and just look up um, the Milk app or you can type in Milk the Moment. Uh, it'll pop up for both. Um, you can also go to my website, www.milkthemoment.com and all of our social media is Milk the Moment as well. And then my personal 
um, social media is uh, C-O-K-O-K-O-R-I-N-N-E. That's Coco Corinne. That's my old music name and um, stage name. I still use that for pretty much everything social media. So it's C-O-K-O-K-O-R-I-N-N-E, Coco Corinne, um, for all social media for me personally. Um, and then also just wanted to make an announcement that um, if there's any entrepreneurs out there, anybody has a product or something that they're selling a service that they're selling. We're also featuring, um, you know, local and small businesses in the app as a sponsor for rewards. So it's really good um, advertising space for you. So what that means is once someone gets done milking the moment and they have enough points, they could actually redeem their points for your product. Um, so if you're selling some type of shea butter or if you uh, have some type of service where you're doing hair or um, lawn care or you're detailing cars, whatever it is, uh, please place your product um, into the app so we can give you some exposure as well. And so our users can kind of fight to try to get um, your offer for free. Um, and it's, it's great exposure, great visibility for your brand. So you can hit us up on the website if you're interested in that as well. That's amazing. A black owned technology app. Yes. That by a black woman. <laughs> it's unheard wow. of. It's a, I'm a unicorn for sure. This is amazing. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to you about this amazing app. If you are listening, you need to go ahead and support this black woman as she uh, goes off to do bigger and better things. And who knows? We might see her on Shark Tank next week. You may see me. You may <laughs> you see know? me. So Definitely. So um, thank you, Coco, for joining this uh, podcast. And uh, all my listeners out there, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. Thanks again, Coco. Thank you.